This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on? It is spring training. It is phenomenal. The Phillies are playing well. A lot of the big boys are starting to hit. And guess what? Right here on Pintar for Breakfast with yours truly, Kevin Franzen. Reese Hoskins is going to be up, and we have a good conversation. Stay tuned. Right here. In the air to left field. Going back on it. It is gone! Kevin Franzen sends everybody home. Ball there. Coming Coming down. down. What up? And welcome to another episode of Pine Talk for Breakfast. I'm your host, Kevin Franzen. And today, I am going to be very fortunate enough to be joined by Reese Hoskins, the first baseman for your Philadelphia Phillies. A lot of things to talk about with Reese. Maybe getting married is one of them. We got Waffle or not. And uh, in his really short career, he has a lot of waffleage. Um, it's embarrassing towards me, but that's fine. He's really good. Um, a lot of good things here in spring training in Clearwater, Florida. A lot of players really showing up and hasn't been really of a struggle. The best part about this whole spring training thus far for the Philadelphia Phillies, yes, the wins are good, but it's how they're doing it. It's the fundamental play that they are are, are playing with just precision. They're throwing to the right bases. They're running hard. They're hitting their cutoff men. They're backing up bases. They're doing every little thing to go along with the long ball, the doubles, the the being able to strike out some batters, the young pitching is coming. The young pitching is coming, and it's not about the starters. It's more about the relievers. Really impressed with how they have been. And there's some names that we could throw out there, and that's going to be on the next episode. But today, that's right. We're going to be joined by Reese Hoskins. So stay tuned. The first baseman of your Philadelphia Phillies, Reese Hoskins, right here on Pine Tar for Breakfast. All right, I'm sitting here in the radio broadcast slash TV broadcast, but they're not here ever, so um, this is our office. This is where L.A. Scott and I work. What do you think of it? Well, L.A.'s here. Well, Uh, technically the cutout, yeah. We've got a younger (laughs) L.A. here. Um, And we got an in-uni L.A. over there, so. That's a skinny L.A. I don't know if I like the skinny L.A. right there. Like that one right there with the full face. Yeah. Nice, nice little goatee. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's be honest here. That's a that's a fantastic picture. That's a couple couple buttons down too. Good for him. Oh, the guy can the guy can Some dress. Things never change. The guy can dress. <laughs> I mean, he's got the chain popped out and everything. So, <laughs> dude, you you see this whole thing go with this team, and you've you know three years, um, you know going what now, your third full season. Yeah. Uh, how crazy is the change and just everything just constantly going it's like yeah sometimes you got to be like hey guys can we get i I want a little consistency here (laughs) so i saw something the other day um 
you know, it was, I don't know if it was on TV or on Twitter or wherever, but it was a picture of me and it said entering fourth MLB season. <laughs> and I kind of had to like, wait, wait, is that right? Um, yeah. It's yeah, pretty it's right. crazy, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> and like you said, it's been a little bit different each season. Obviously I got called up in 17. I had Pete McCannon as my manager, um, you know, and then 18 cap was brought in, um, whole new staff. And, you know, we had to kind of navigate that and learn, you know, new terminology and how things are going to go and whatever. And then last year, obviously, same staff, but we get this guy, um, this superstar in the league, and um, we get treated a little differently, I think, as a team and as an organization, and rightfully so. Obviously, you know, Bryce is someone that completely changes the landscape yeah. of a whole – a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Just, just a touch. Yeah. Um, well, watch yourself. Watch out. <laughs> but then, then, then this year, right? We get we get a new manager again. We get a new staff, and it just feels different. Um, obviously, with Joe, you get all the experience in the world, and probably the toughest sports market in in the world. Um, and he's won there. And you know, you I think something underrated that maybe not a lot of people realize is that he and our and our bench coach Rob Thompson were together in New York the whole time that Joe was there. And you can see it in spring training. Joe trusts Tom's with his life. Tom's trusts Joe's with life. And things are just seamless. They click. And I think you can see that in our camp. And um, guys are walking around with a little bit of arrogance, a little <laughs> arrogance. Obviously, a lot of confidence, but yeah. a little swagger. It's just different, right? And yep. I said I said to someone a couple of days ago, I think last year there was a lot of hope here. Yeah. Um, but this year seems to be a little different. We're obviously, you know, expectations, personal expectations are um, always a thing, but we, it just feels different and it's exciting. Well, okay. So let's go on that. Cause the expectation to win and, and putting, you know, you signed Bryce, you, you, the trade for JT, I mean, right. was so huge for the organization. Um, the expectations went, you know, exponentially higher. Right. Um, and rightfully so, sure. but at the same time, you have to have won before. I feel like I, that, that's just a personal thing on on mine. So I want to get your take. Like, what what does it take? Is it an expectation to win coming to the yard every day, or is it the more of the uh, the want to win? Because I feel like not everyone wants to win, and if you just expect to win, you're just rolling it out. Right. Uh, and that that that's mine. I don't know where you take your take is, but I feel like the expectations that aren't on this team right now are great for you guys for sure you, you kind of get the you know the classic cliche chip on your shoulder right um i think because of the off season that we had last year with bringing some all mlb type players in and and then it doesn't go the way that we had hoped um we kind of got forgotten about a little bit i think you know every, obviously the nationals win the world series they're in division the Braves have are young and have all this talent, and then the Mets, right? Like the Mets had a good off season. They signed some guys from their bullpen. Um, you got Pete Alonso, who had a, a heck of a season, and we kind of got forgotten about. And I think we're okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think everybody obviously wants to win every single day, but I think now this season we have both. We want to win, and we expect to win. And I think, I mean, I haven't been a part of a. Um, an extremely winning season in the big leagues, but it seems like that's the formula. Obviously winning at the, the highest levels is 
number one. We we all know that. Of but course. you've won in the minor leagues. Like yeah. you guys have won together, so you know what that that mm-hmm. looks like. Mm-hmm. And we and, talk about that a yeah. lot. I think I think it's real. I mean, I actually go back to like those Giants teams that that won. Yeah. A lot of those guys, we came up together. A couple of us got traded off, and that's the reason why they won. But I mean, like that. <laughs> Yours truly, but a lot of it was because it was developed there, and sure. I feel like, you know, we talk about player development all the time, right? And in, in, in general, and it's about well, you got to player develop the winning player, yeah. At, at the same time, I think it's a learned skill for sure. Yeah. Um, especially, I think, you know, I was a college guy, and in a college season, you have fifty six games. Um, each game feels heavier. I think you know you can't roll out on a Tuesday and and be like, oh, well, we'll, we'll get them on Friday. Like, each game, yeah, each yeah. win, each loss feels a little heavier. Now, I'm not saying by any means that we roll out on a random Wednesday in the middle of July and, you know, think, eh, if we don't get this one, like, we'll get them tomorrow. But over the sen- over the course of, you know, 100 and what we hope to be 180 games, um, you have to have that long game in mind. And that's something that you learn. You learn in the minor leagues and – we have a group together. I don't know. There's, let's see, it's me, Knapp, Pavetta, Eflin, Nick Williams. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting some guys. You can throw them out of the bus. It doesn't matter. Just like Scott. But Scott. Scott was kind of, yeah, I mean, he was there. Like, right. All the, like, we've, we've played together at multiple levels in the minor leagues and, um, we want a lot too. There's a comfort level with that. For like sure. You look around, you like it. And then you you know what JT brings to the field. Of course. You know what Harp's going to bring to the field. Now, obviously, seeing, you know, Didi on, uh, for a couple weeks now, like, you're just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like that guy. Right. Like, I mean, that's like most people. But I mean, it, the feeling's different. Mm-hmm. It it's is. It's actual, like, when you said the hope, I was like, it's exactly what it was last year. And that's fine. That right. is awesome. Because we didn't know, right? No one knew, but like, it was like, that's that's the beauty of sport, right? There's either hope or true belief. Right. And I feel like this year is more true belief, but it's true belief within you guys. Exactly. Who has to turn the fan, right. which is awesome. Because mm-hmm. like, you want the fan to That's what we want, it. right? Yeah. That's what we live for. You, you brought up something earlier that I thought was fascinating with Pete McCann, Gabe Kapler, and Joe Girardi and how completely different all three are. Mm-hmm. Pete might be the funniest human being alive. <laughs> uh, I, I thought – would be a fantastic manager. He, he was good. Yeah. Um, Cap is we we could all agree was a great dude. Yeah. It just wasn't a fit in Philadelphia. Sure. Okay. I'm not saying you're not. It's not about the managing part. I'm not saying that. Joe Girardi's just. It, how would you describe him? Because I I've had my interactions with him. Yeah. I know it's not even close to where you've had it with your with him. There's just, it's like a mixture of both of those guys, and then the genuineness of. Like his uh, his Italian side, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. So the first word that I think of when someone says his name or asks me about it is poise. He just has this confident calmness because he can go back and draw on his experiences, right? And nothing seems like it's a surprise to him. Um, you know, they always say as a baseball player, like you know, if the guy, if there's you know, try to play out every scenario in your head. So if you get the ball, you're not surprised. <laughs> I think this guy does that, right? And, like, for everything in life, um, especially here at the stadium and on the baseball field. But, again, man, like, there's just a poise about him that is extremely, extremely comforting. And to have that, I think, in your manager's office echoes. Yeah. It really echoes throughout the clubhouse. And then, of course, you add, you know, 
all the experience we have in the clubhouse player wise. And I mean, I, I, the sky's the limit, yeah. I think. And I, I, I've, I've really enjoyed my time with Joe so far. And I think we're just scratching the surface too. I think I, that's the best part about it because I feel like when you get into the season when it's, you know, not as many guys and he's the full concentration on this 26-man roster, which mm-hmm. is weird to say, <laughs> but the 26 guys there and then the coaching staff, it's like when you say scratch the I thought the same thing. I'm like, yeah. we're going to get deeper with this. No, guy. yeah, we were just starting. We're just starting. Isn't that amazing? It's crazy, man. It, it really is. And like you said, obviously, you know, we're, in, we're still in camp and we have, I don't know what feels like, a million guys here. Um, which is creating a really good, like such good competition. Yeah. Um, but once we really get into it and, you know, you can start to really develop those pretty personal relationships just because of how much time we spend together. I'm excited. Like, I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah. So personal relationships on this. I mean, like, I think the talk has all been about like, oh, Reese changed everything. It's like Reese didn't change everything. There was yeah. like a few adjustments you were making, but a relationship between a hitting coach and you, yourself, yeah. um, John Maley and you, you had a good relationship. I mean, I, maybe even Definitely. great. You know, um, sometimes things click, sometimes things don't, and it's blamed on you know people. Sure. Right? We all get that. Sure. Joe Dillon, he comes in with new ideas, but the new ideas aren't pushed on you. No. Would that be? An that, accurate statement? It definitely would. Um, like, how 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 did, how did you go about it during the offseason? Obviously, you were going to do something different. Yes. Before. For sure. And then he comes in, and it's it's a know, collaboration. Yeah. Right. It's a it's a, and I'm the not lab. by no means am I saying that it was not a team effort with any of the other guys that I've had before. Yeah. Um, but you know, especially as baseball players, man, we're such creatures of habit, and. Even the slightest change feels so big. <laughs> um, again, like, I didn't have a swing overhaul. Like, I wasn't trying to, you know, create a whole new path. There was just these little adjustments that I've made in, in my setup that feel much larger than they are. Yeah. And I got a chance, which I'm not sure happens a whole lot, but I got a chance to work with Joe a couple times you know, a couple days at a time, more than once, um, throughout the off season, we got to establish a good foundation before we got here. Right. So it's instead of trying to get here and, you know, kind of update him on where I am versus where I was, you know, with a ton of hitters here and not a whole lot of time, um, we got to establish this foundation that has made spring so much more seamless in that sense. And it's been great so far. He's he's not afraid to challenge us for sure, which is always good for progress. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's some fresh ideas. Um, like, give an example, because I mean, for for the listeners of this podcast, the tens of thousands of right listeners, right? Um, you're you're you've gone from a like basically your bat's been flat for a while, maybe uh-huh. even down, even you know below sure. your shoulders. Yeah, uh, the bat head is, and now it's straight up. You're a little bit, a little bit more open, a little narrower, but you've started to incorporate, you know, the the leg kick. It looks like again, yeah, yeah. which I love. Uh, but some of the things, some of the drills to get you back into where you feel comfortable. What is he? What has he brought there? Yeah. So, just a, like a quick primer here, the the, the bat straight up, the hands a little lower, the the body open, was really about me trying to make my swing more repeatable. You know, I'm going to take mm-hmm. how many swings over the course of the next eight months. 
twenty thousand. Um, well, you, you you're like a you're like a you're like a ten thousand guy. Okay, because you're able True. to take. You're, True. You're, <laughs> I was like a twenty thousand guy. Uh, <laughs> Throw the ball, swing. Okay, there you go. As, if, as long as you could see it, you could hit it. Um, I wouldn't say hit it, but I mean, I'm swinging. swing at it. Sure, uh, absolutely. But you know, he's brought some some drills to really make the work in the cage almost harder than it is on in the game. And you hear that a lot with, mm-hmm. with practice. Um, but it's kind of hard to do that in such a controlled environment that the cage is. So he's cranking the machine up as, as, as fast as it goes. He's making a step up to make it even faster. He's trying to create different situations <clears throat> that we see during the game. What's the main goal of a pitcher, right? To affect the hitter's timing, try to get them off balance, try to um, mess with their timing. And he's doing that in the cage and by by cranking the machine up or throwing harder or throwing like throwing softer without telling us. You know, BP, he'll throw balls. Um, one of his big things is we take 52% of the time, mm-hmm. right, on average. So why in, K, in the cage in BP do we swing at every pitch? Because <laughs> we know it's coming. Well, it's perfect for me. I mean, it well, was like sure, I was like, sure, but like, so he, he, you know, he's like, dude, practice that. Like, yeah. why not practice that? Um, and it's been good. Obviously, you know, in spring is a little different because we're not playing every day. The rhythm of the game, we're not seeing the same pitcher more than once usually. Um, but I can see how this is going to pay dividends in the in the long run. Well, I asked you the other day, and it was. It, Kind of knowing where you're going to go with it, but not really. I just wanted to make sure. I was like, early success in spring, a lot of guys want. Sure. Um, when it comes to a swing change and everything, there's always you want that little carrot, yeah, right? Like of just course. a little bit. We're human. Um, and the frustrations of it when it doesn't happen. And I asked you, and I was like, "You good?" And you're like, "Yeah, absolutely." I'm like, "It's awesome," because that just tells me that you're confident in what you're doing. Right. Uh, not everyone gets that way. Sure. And that's why I was like, "Yes." Because I know where I would be. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i on 19 right now just going, like, with my thumb out, going, like, someone get me out of here right uh, yeah. now. Because it's like, <laughs> it's not working. Look, uh, but, like, by no means am, am I going back to the dugout all hunky-dory. No, no, but, no, no. Because no. we're competitors, yeah. man. Like, that's what we do. That's what we've always done. Um, but these things take time. That's, that's, that's the biggest thing, though, is that understanding – for spring training, for some, like if if you were if you were in your like just coming off of the the rookie year, right, and you do this swing overhaul, and now you're you know there weren't really you know a lot of success. People would be like, "Oh, what are we doing? Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah." But like for you, this is something that like you are committed to, right, and staying committed to. Yeah, yeah, it, and it's it's hard, man. It's it's something that, like I said, we're human. We want to see. We want to get that gratification right away. Um, you you want the the reassurance that all the work that you're doing that's different because different is hard. Mm-hmm. Different changes is, is hard with some things that you become so comfortable over. You know, for me, it's been a span of five years basically where I've been doing you know pretty much the same thing swing wise. So to change that and to not get the reassurance right away is something that can mess with you. Yeah. And immediately make you want to revert to what you've been doing. Um, but, you know, with the reassurance of Joe and Joe Girardi, um, it's something that I know is going to help me be more consistent over the long haul. 
demeanor between like Joe Dillon and, and previous hitting coaches for you? Like, mm-hmm. what? Where is it? He's a Northern California guy, so he is. I, I, there's there's Something certain things that about like that, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, and, and people will be like, "Oh, I can't believe you're saying that." No, it's true though. There's there's a dynamic that we understand. Like yeah. I've understood you from the beginning, right? Which has been for fun sure. for sure. Me. There's a there's like a true passion because I was like, I'm, yeah, we, we we represent the same area. No, for sure, and you know, a lot of us grew up the same way, yeah. um, which I think has a lot to do with the type of people that we've become later on in life. Um, but it's been good, man. It's it's obvi- there's obviously a professional side to the relationship, um, but so quickly has it has that barrier been broken and it's become um, you know more of a personal relationship. And this is this is a guy that's in the trenches with us, yeah. man. Like he's at the stadium before we are. He's he leaves the stadium before or after we do. You know, he's looking at the computer screen trying to figure things out just as much, if not more, than we are. Um, he wants us to succeed more than we do. Mm-hmm. And I think to be able to add that personal wrinkle in there just adds to the trust. Wouldn't you say that? I mean, like, from every hitting coach, that's what they want. Of course. That's, it's, what the, it's the worst job. In, it, I think it is the worst job in sport because no matter what, when a guy's successful, it's, it's not on him. No, it's us. Right. It's on the player. But when we're not, when, it's when on When you're that. not, it's on the hitting coach. Yeah. And it, it's, it's the most thankless job. I was told, I was told by someone – these are guys that are hired to be fired. Yeah. Right. And like nobody wants that, but it's the love and the passion for the relationships that we get to build the, just obviously the passion for hitting um, and trying to figure it out. It's a, it's a, it's a never ending game. Crazy thing too, is now he's a world champion as well, mm-hmm. you know, and he was being an assistant hitting coach for the nationals and winning, I think is something. You know, because you've seen it, and you've seen, like, what it takes as far as the player's mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what you you know you went through in that experience. It, I'm not going to say – because he's the last person that goes, when I was in. Sure. You know, he's never like that. But have you talked to him about any of that stuff? Of course. Like, of, of that experience and, and how guys were dealing with it at that time? Yeah, of course. And, you know, obviously it's easier easier for us as the Phillies to relate because we see them so yeah. often, right? True. So we know we we can pick up on tendencies that their hitters do or don't do. Um, and obviously, they, they got some pretty good hitters on that team. Um, they got rid of one. And <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I know. Now he only gets to beat us three times a year. He still owes me whiskey, 18. so I'm, I'm waiting for that <laughs> after that contract. Uh, but, like, these guys are some of the best hitters in the game. And – I think I can speak for the rest of the hitters in the game that when someone is going as well as those guys were last year, you're trying to figure out everything that they're doing, right? Like what, what are they doing pregame? What are they doing if they're doing stuff during the game when they don't feel good? Um, what do they do on the off day? What do they do before BP in BP? And he's a fountain of information because yeah. of that. Right. And, um, so it's been cool to pick his brain on some of those things for sure. And it's stuff that some of the stuff I don't like, some of the stuff I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but just having it available has definitely been an added bonus. Was he more fired up after your home run yesterday or your double? <laughs> <laughs> I texted you, I was like, had to have been the greatest double of your life. Longest for sure. Longest, no doubt. Um, what, what would you give that, 49 feet? <laughs> well, two. It was somewhere in between the mound and 
and home plate, right? So, yeah, so I'm like trying to think of it. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go halfway. We'll yeah. we'll give it 30. 30? We'll give it 30. Hey. But dude, doesn't well, matter. okay, and, and and what was LA was talking about it on the radio and it should be everyone's mentality. But in spring training, you understand if a guy goes down to first, kind of like, you know, whatever, coasts in. You busted your ass down the line. Yeah. You got to second and you dove in. Reese, I'm not I'm not saying, oh man, this is but that was awesome. Where? Why? When? Yeah. When does that come into your mind because it's spring? I mean, <laughs> look, like by no means am I gonna say that I play the right way, the the game the right way. Does you know, anyone every, every <laughs> single pitch of every season, right? Um But you have to train your mind to do that. And I think especially in spring training when it's so easy to, you know, go 60% and just round first and then go back to the dugout because you assume you're out. I think if you can do it in, in a situation like this where maybe the adrenaline isn't, isn't as high, um, you know, that was my first uh, day game after a night game. So, you know, things that might point to, hey, you know, just, just coast a little bit. I think if you can do it then – you should be able to do it in front of 40,000 people that have paid to come see you play. Um, and I got a double out of it. Dude, it was so sick. I was like, yes. Like, wouldn't I much rather have a but double than a single? You know what the most amazing thing is, though? Like, sometimes, like, let's say that's a regular season that happens. Yeah. You get that. Sometimes that's what ignites. No kidding. Right? No kidding. Like, a struggle turns into something, like, crazy sure. because of that one little hit. For sure. And, like, <laughs> you know, let's let's take for uh, yesterday, for instance. I I – walked and then I hit a homer and then homers are nice always but then instead of going one for two which is still a great day now I'm two for two with a double and a homer probably you know in a normal regular season game I got another chance like a two for two with two walks or a two for three with a walk or two or three for three with a single a walk and a homer and a double like like you said that can ignite you and all just because of a little effort. It's hard. It's and hard. honestly, it's hard for some people. It just, it's, I, on, I love it. I smile when you say it. Like, honestly, like you texted me yesterday and didn't say anything about the Homer, right? Like it was all about the double. I had I loved it. a couple people do the same thing. And I think that speaks for itself. I, it, cause I, it's not the expectation of the Homer. It's like, I, I know where, I know where you feel on the Homer. You're like, perfect. Great. But I, I love that stuff because the greatest double in, in anyone's world in my is the hustle double. For sure. Because it means that you're locked in. Yep. And you're usually the hustle double isn't a uh, personal thing. No. It's, it's it, usually, that was not for me. It's usually for the guy that's on deck or right. the team. You're, you know, the scoreboard's dictating everything. So that's why I loved it. For and sure. I'll always love it. it. It's because it's it's how the game's supposed to be played. It's not always played like that. Sure. Um. This this off season you get married, uh, and you know you and Jamie moving and and buying a place in in, in Philly. Yeah. Uh, where uh, where and when did that come into your mind? Like you represented Philadelphia and the city of Philadelphia. I like I've never seen anyone do at an early age, mm-hmm. uh, in their you know in the big league career or professional career, wherever you want to be it. When? Why? Yeah, so it. I'm going to be, like, completely honest and upfront. Like, living – we live in California – grew up in California, mm-hmm. right? And we have spring training down here in Florida. Um, 
and then we play in Philly. So we're kind of in this triangle that's about as far apart as you can get. <laughs> um, so originally it first started as like, hey, like we love the city. Um, Isn't it amazing? It really the, is, man. The food. It's oh. it is so different from where we grew up, yep. but in all the right ways. And so it originally started like we like the city. We're young enough. We don't have kids. We've gotten a chance to explore some cities around the country together um, previously and really liked it. Mm -hmm. Like didn't mind being, you know, on our own, away from our friends, the whole like FOMO thing, right? That's how Amanda and I are, my wife. And and so we were like, you know what, why not? So we we stayed um, after the 18 season, we continued to rent and stayed and ended up loving it. And, um, she's met this group of friends that have really become a huge part of her life. Um, and honestly made it feel more like home. Hmm. And we've, we've been treated with nothing but respect and and love. And, um, you know, we'll, you know, we'll be out and about and people just want to come up and have a, a quick conversation. And I always say that to me, Philly is a big city that feels like a town. And with people looking up for sure. <laughs> right. Like that's why, because both of us being from Northern California in the capital of all right. electronics and everything, right. everyone's face is always in their phones. Yeah. Always anything. What's taught me in my like short time living in New Jersey, like, just, you know, in the Philly area, uh, other than when I played is that people look up. Yeah. And like, it, they want, they want they the want human the interaction yeah. and it's amazing. You know, it's, it's sad that, that we have, that we even notice that, but it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, there's something about the the family aspect of the East Coast. There's this this tight knit community. There's this tight knit family oriented way of thinking that um, can get lost in the hustle and bustle of some of the West Coast things that we you know grown accustomed to. Um, but it's been it's been a ton of fun. And I mean, like you said, the food is amazing. Dude, is it like Italian food? Are you kidding me? I mean, it's like it's I getting love, to the like point where all it's the all food, food is great. Yeah, but the Italian food because everything's like homemade, fresh, and you're like, what? what? Yeah, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, you have your spots. Yeah, don't always. Give them up. Don't give them up. Well, I mean, like, uh, <laughs> like I, I just the, the the you bring up the people, uh, the food, the the atmosphere, the the big city feeling small, and you come from Sacramento. Yeah, capital of California, and. It, it's just it's baffling when you say it because it's so true yeah uh honestly like i i can draw some parallels between sacramento and philly mm-hmm. um you know people say sacramento the, the capital of california i think people automatically think like this big city skyscrapers ca- big capital building yeah. um but it's not that mm-hmm. it's not and you know there's this little bit of downtown just kind of the same way there is in philly a ton of suburbs around just there's a there's two rivers in sacramento right like just these little things that kind of reminded of home um which so it makes it a little easier yeah of course so this rookie is is it's a he he it is a he just want to make sure just some it's people will say it and be like you never know got accustomed to the cold in the winter yeah for sure i mean he's because may's my dog we, we got yellow labs both of us got yellow labs Maze is like peeing on the run as he goes out. He's like, "This is too cold," and he's like, "He's coming right back." Yeah, he's he's a city dog now. It's funny, man. Like, he'll we'll be walking down the street and there's this little patch of leaves, and that's where he decides to go. Like, 
he's a city dog. He'll he loves like we brought him down here to Florida, and he would swim in a puddle if he could. So he loves his time down here. But um, you know, I think he like he's just he's Philly's home. The smells of Philly are home to him. All right. So before we, I let you go, we play a game. Okay. Okay. It's called waffle or not. <laughs> okay. Uh, you either waffled this guy or you didn't. Okay. So you got to be honest with me. All right. But the first question we have to have, okay, your first 50 games in the show, your 18 homers, um, more or less than my entire career. <laughs> um, let's see, let's see what you really like think This is probably of right on the cusp, isn't it? Oh, it's right there. I'm going to say less, but not by many. More by three. Three. Wow. I was, that was well played. Because I got a text from Bumgarner when he hit his 15th career homer. He's of course like, I got you, you now. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's really a messed up move. Uh, you're like, Well, you played in San Francisco, so. Yeah, so, yeah, whatever. Uh, okay, so the first one we're going to start off. We'll start it off easy. Um, Tanner Rourke. Yeah. 3-2 fastball. Left center in D.C. Yeah, 389, 1333 OPS against. That's uh, that's not bad. Uh, kind of cool. Uh, Dan Straley. A couple times. <laughs> Three. So you're going to say, I just need you to say you waffled him. Yeah, you waffled him. I did waffle. Yeah. Uh, Zach Wheeler. No. I haven't got him. Happiest man alive that he's Thank over you. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Four for 20. That's okay. Um, Max Scherzer? Nah, I don't even want to. Yeah, I've just skipped that one. (laughs) Um, There's one here that I I laugh so hard because I've never seen someone have an OPS like this. But uh, where is it? Vance Worley. Two times. Damn. Yeah. I had to bring up Vance because he's, you know, he's a Philly. He's a former Philly. Sacramento guy, too. And sack guy. Great, great glasses, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Three for four, two. Two homers, five RBIs, a thirty fifty OPS. That's good. Uh, yeah, you I go mean, for if that. You like that sort of thing, for sure. If you like that sort of thing, um, Stephen Matz. Uh, let's see. How, uh, yes, definitely have waffled them. Um, this is the interesting one too. I'm like three for eighteen with two homers and a double, or something like that. I mean, that's pretty something like and a couple three walks. For nineteen with three homers. Yeah. Three, three for 19 with three homers. You shot them all three times mm, and gotten a hit. Mm. You know what's but, crazy? I hope he's not listening, but they've all three been change-ups. Interesting. Not that, not here or anything? No. But my, my, my thing with him is that, like, his second half last year, you think, oh, my God. like Yeah. That, that's Steven Matz you all heard about. Right. Like, I would normally say a guy doesn't waffle someone when they're three for 19, but when you shoot them three times, waffled. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's – Two more I have, and one is uh, uh, where is that one? Oh, there he is, Eliezer Hernandez. Yeah, uh, twice. Players you know when weekend. They talk about LeBron and he like, and I went back to back with with Bryce against him. He they they were he reverts back to something that just happened uh, maybe twenty minutes before in a, one of the biggest games ever, and everyone's like. Oh my God, this guy's so brilliant. He said everything. I'm like, the fact that baseball players could tell you exactly, almost exactly the homers. They could tell you the counts. They could yeah. tell you the pitch sequence. 
Oh, and what led up to a back-to-back or, you right. know, came off of Bryce's old back-to-back. Uh, doesn't that say a little bit? But I think we're all like that. That's what I'm saying is, like, we, that, that's why we're at the level that we got to. I could tell you everything that happened in Little League. S- certain level of crazy, right? I could tell I could tell you things about my, my best friends at bats in high school, right. about what pitch he hit, and he goes, I did? I was yeah, like, exactly. Uh, last one I have, um, Clayton Kershaw. No. Haven't gotten him yet. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you didn't waffle him. I, I think, I mean, I got a cool triple off him last year. Three for six. You have a 1458 OPS against Clayton <laughs> Kershaw. More or less hits than me against K- Kershaw. More. Yeah, by one. <laughs> <laughs> so I was off for like three weeks after the season. I got called up uh, with the Giants at the end, and that was, I think, my last hit was against Kershaw. I just That's a good one. just stung one to center field. Like 58 off the bat. It was unbelievable. It's a hit. Anyway, Reese, thanks for joining us on uh, Pine Tower for breakfast or joining me because it's only a, like a singular thing here. So, uh, man, I speak for all the broadcasters and a, and a lot of the people. We just appreciate you. And uh, I know the Philly fans, they appreciate you more than anything. We can't wait to see what you do. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing you got going on. Um, I know you just got into the, the broadcasting and the radio world, but um, – Got a bright future. Appreciate it. Thanks. Appreciate it. I mean, you kidding me? That's the reason why I think all of us, if not we're Philly fans, we're Philly's broadcasters, the Philly's front office, all people around the game, especially in the city of Philadelphia, root for that human being because that is a special kid. Yeah, I can say he's a kid. He's still young. I just he's he's special. There's there's no doubt about it. So. With that being said, hope you enjoyed this episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. If you have, like it here on the iTunes app. Tell your friends. Let's try to get some more promotion on this. And, again, if you want to ask some questions to get it on Pine Tar for Breakfast, at Kevin Franzen on Twitter, and we'll get those things going. Let's get this thing rolling. Go Phillies. Peace. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.